name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Every year we try to give a title for the year, but definitely it doesn't mean that by the end of this year we are going to forget about it. So if we spoke before about the year of repentance or the year of the Word of God, it means we started something and it had no end. That's why what I would like to share with you tonight, a year of remolding. I'm sure you read many times the book of Jeremiah, and what I would like to share with you today only a few verses from chapter 18 and chapter 19. Chapter 18 starts with a calling. <coughs> so if you ask yourself, why are you here in the church? It's not a habit. It's not because you have nothing to do this night. Or not because it's the best place to be at the beginning of the year. The story tells us God, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. So everyone is coming tonight because the Lord is telling him, Go to the church and there you will hear my voice. There you will hear a word from me. It's not only tonight, it's every single day of your life and in my life. When you go to church, when you open your Bible, when you meet a friend even in the street, the Lord is telling you, go and in this street you'll meet someone and you'll hear my voice. Sometimes in clear words, some other times through just meeting this person. If you remember, as we shared a few weeks ago, how the Holy Spirit came to Philip the deacon and told him, leave everything and go and walk in the street between Gaza and Jerusalem. And there he met the eunuch. And it was a salvation from him, for him. And it was the beginning of Christianity in the whole land of Ethiopia. So we would like to start by seeing that we are not here by chance. are not opening the TV even to watch a, a, a sermon by chance. The Lord has a divine appointment with every one of us in each and every occasion. Arise and go down. There is always an instruction. The Lord is saying you arise and go down. Somewhere, I would like to tell you something there. If you imagine for a moment, if now I am talking to the Lord, and then He is telling me, go somewhere else where you are going to hear my voice. Sometimes it doesn't make sense for us. I am here talking to you. Why are you telling me, go somewhere else? And here we start to make it our own way. The Lord is saying, be obedient. I know that you will never hear this word in this place. But you can hear it somewhere else. I need to give you a special lesson in certain place. So if you are tonight in the church, it's not by chance. It's not because you have to be in the church, because your parents pushed you to come. Because, but you are here to listen to a very special word from the Lord. The word of the, which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there, only there, I will cause you to hear my words. Look back to John chapter 4, you'll find a Samaritan woman doing her job every day, going in the middle of the day to bring water, to draw water from the well. But because she was faithful in what she was doing, she met the Lord at one day and was a conversion for her and most of the Samaria at the same time. So if even you are here tonight because it's a habit, you be in the church in the beginning of the year or the end of the year, the Lord is saying, if it's your habit, I'm going to meet you. And I have a very special word for you as well. Second thing is verse 3. 
Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. Jeremiah was telling us, I am here to be obedient. I'm not going to be in contact with the Lord just for the sake of being proud. I have a relationship with the Lord. But I'm encountering a relationship leads to a full repentance. Do you know where are you going? Yes. Do you know what is going to happen there? No. But I am sure he is going to tell me his word. I am sure there is a lesson there. Even if the place is not suitable for me, it's not good enough for my prestige, but still I am in full obedience to him. So first of all, there is a calling for every one of us. And then after his calling, we should respond as Jeremiah did. See, imagine that Jeremiah nearly one of very few, if not the only one, was obedient to God in his time. But he accepted to be the only one different from the whole world, from his own nation, from the high priest, from everyone worshipping the Lord at that time. All of them choose disobedience, as we will see in a few minutes. But he accepted a calling and to be obedient, even if I am the only one who is going to obey. Then here is the lesson. From verse 4 to 6 it reads, And the vessel that I made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. He was showing him the nation. And at the same time, the life of every one of us. If you feel that you are coming this night, and your life marred because of you in the hand of the potter, it's the choice of the itself, when we choose to rebel, when we choose not to be obedient in the, within the hand of the potter. He's telling us it is not something new. From the beginning, Adam and Eve choose this rebellion. And maybe you are still rebellious. You are still living in your own sinful ways. And you are rejecting the rebuke of the Holy Spirit. Believing that you are intelligent enough. No one sees what you are doing. But the Lord sees it. And maybe many others. But God is covering your sins. And telling you now. You have to see the reality of it. Was marred in the hand of the butter. So he made it again into another vessel. As it seems good to the butters to me. He's telling us there is a great hope. Always the church is proclaiming the hope in Christ. As St. Paul was saying in Colossians 1.27. Christ in you is the hope of glory. So do we have hope tonight that whatever was messed up in my life, whatever sins I am still committing till now, maybe in my mind, still I am in the church with my body by my thoughts, are wandering somewhere else in my own sins. I wish to be somewhere else, but I am obliged to be here because of my husband or my wife or my children or my parents. The Lord is telling you and me, I am ready to remold to reshape all your life. But again, without accepting that you are totally marred, you are corruptible without him, and without obedience to his hands, he is not going to do it for you. That's why it's a synergy again. God is offering his hand to remold, to reshape every single thing in my life and in your life. If we accept it in him, we are coming with our corruptibility. Restore it. Are coming with our corrupted image, restore it for me once more. And make sure that as it seemed good to the potter to make, 
It's not again going to be a restoration only, it will be at the best of the potter's hand. And he is God himself, who wants to restore everything in your life and in my life. Then the word, word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? The lesson is not about the potter. The lesson is about you and me. It's telling you, if you believe I am the real potter, do you believe that I am able to reshape your life? I am able to take you out of your stubbornness, out of your pride to a real, humble, graceful life? Or you are still seeking to be seen as you want, but you don't want to be to have a real change from inside. Can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord, look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. It is a reality, you are still denying it. I am ready to tell you that you are like this clay in my hand, if you accept. If the message is full of joy and full of hope that he is able to remold whoever he is and whoever she is, still it's a certainty. What are you going to do this night? Are you going to pray in this liturgy after a few minutes? Are you going to be keen to tell him, do something different in my life? I'm surrendering my pride. I'm surrendering my stubbornness, my sins. Even if you can't get rid of it, tell him, I can't get rid of my sin. But I am here to trust you that you are able to save me from it. And then I would like to share with you these words with St. Gregory in his Oration 7. This is the purpose of the great mystery for us. He was talking about the Incarnation. It's the purpose for us of God, who for us was made man and became poor. Why? To raise our flesh and recover his image <coughs> and remodel man. Remodel man and restore and recover his image. Be sure that what is seen by people is not the reality. It is the fake mask that you are putting in front of, of people. But the Lord wants to make a real restoration inside you, inside your mind, your heart, <coughs> and all your life. That we might all be made one in Christ, who was perfectly made in all of us, all that He Himself. This is the aim of the incarnation. If we are going to celebrate the incarnation in a few days, he's <coughs> telling us, here is the aim. I would like to restore your image and recover and remodel and remold your life as well. When you come before the Lord in each liturgy, in each occasion, every day, he's saying, do you believe I am a creator? We definitely say yes. But what I can do for you, nothing. You can't change me. I remember the late Bishop Beeman used to say Christianity is the religion of accepting the change. If you are not changeable, you are not Christian. If you are the same person who was sitting in maybe in the same chair last year, then you are rejecting life, rejecting Christ and the power of change and the power of His Holy Spirit who is making you as a temple to Him. Then he is giving us a warning. There is a great hope. He is a great potter. He is able to do everything, to restore everything according to the best. That is in your mind that you can do or you can do. And there is a warning in verse 11. 
Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster, and devising a plan against you. It's a warning. Return now everyone from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. Return now everyone from his evil way. See that we heard these words many times before. But unfortunately you are still in your evil ways. You are still in your stubbornness. But we believe that God is God of mercy. Yes, He is a God of mercy. And He, is, he came to, to show His mercy on the cross. But still He is telling you, are you going to enjoy the fullness of the power of my cross? And the power of my resurrection? Or you are remaining in the same place? They have seen the merciful acts of God since they went out of Egypt, 1446 before Christ, till this time, nearly 600. So for 800 years, they have seen the marvelous and powerful hand of the Lord. They were going astray every day and He was giving them mercy and accepting them to come back. But now it's time to be warned and to respond properly. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. It's not only stop sinning, you need to restore what you destroyed. What you are doing is destroying your children. What you are doing is destroying your husband or your wife. We are living in a spiritual realm in which we have a spiritual inheritance. What you are doing is not only a disaster for yourself, it's for even if no one sees you, still you are dragging evil in your home. Dragging evil into your life, life of your husband, your, your children, your wife, whoever he is. So the coding is very clear. If we would like to have a new start, it's a time of remolding. Trust in him. Don't say, I tried before, because sometimes some of us didn't try before. We choose sin, unfortunately. It's time to choose him this night. The warning, behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. It's not only a choice, it is a choice with a consequence. Now you are reaping something you have sown before. And tomorrow you are going to reap what you are going to sow today. Sometimes you feel that you are good enough because you are not reaping of what you have done as evil. And the devil is betraying you once more and deceiving you once more to continue in this way. St. John Christophe was saying the warning presents salvation. This warning is not to say God is going to fashion this disaster unless if you are not going to repent. The warning presents salvation from the disaster. The verdict of cutting down will stop the cutting down. How amazing it is. The verdict of this would bring on life. If someone is saying you, take care that if you touch this wire, you will die. It means he is giving you a chance to live. If you are insisting that you are going to do it, it's up to you. Every warning in the church, as St. John Christophe was saying, it is a verdict. The verdict of this would bring on life if we obey, if we see the time of revolving and the time of reshaping. But unfortunately, here is the response of the people of Israel at the time. 
I pray that no one of us will say it. And they said that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans. I'm walking in my ways. Say whatever you want, even I'm going to close my ears. Sometimes when I go to some churches in Egypt, during the sermon, people went, goes, go, went out. As if, if I'm not going to listen to the sermon, I'm not under the law. If you don't the law, know the law, you are under the law. If you are going to be ignorant of the law, you are still under the law. If you are rejecting the law, you are still under the law. And again, it's the law of mercy and the law of love. But if you ignore it, you are the only one who is going to lose it. So we will walk according to our own plans. Say whatever you want. Let your God warn whoever he wants. But we are not going to respond. So we will walk according to our own plans. And we will, we will everyone obey the dictates of his evil heart. Again, is it your evil heart that's leading you to what you are in, in it now? The miserable, sinful life which seems hidden to others. But God is telling you tonight, I see it. And it's time to repent. Why again? Because disobedience and rejection will have a consequence in your own personal life. And sometimes we have no restoration. And I'm sure many of us can see it in any way that people are crying for restoration and there's no hope. In the Old Testament, many stories about people who cried for Esau himself. He was crying for restoration, but there was no hope. It's time today, it's time now. When St. Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 27, but now, there's something different. You can choose tonight in this liturgy to tell him, I'm coming to be remolded, to be reshaped according to the best that you can do in my life. Disobedience and rejection. We will walk according to our own plans. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, St. Paul was telling us, But those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with passions and lust. If I'm still following my own feebles or my own plans, he's saying you are not mine. It doesn't matter how many crosses you hang on your neck or you make them as tattoos. You are not mine. Only if you choose to crucify your flesh with its lust and passions. And then he continued in the same chapter, verse 18. Then they said, come and let us despise plans against Jeremiah. Sometimes we are so stupid, sorry to say the word this way. Jeremiah is telling them there is a way and hope that you are going to be remolded for your own salvation. And the only option they have, let us kill Jeremiah. Let us despise plans against Jeremiah. <coughs> How many times you were rebuked by someone for your own evil ways. And all what you have done, you hated him. And you started to defame him because he faced you with the reality of your sinful life. We find the same story in the second chronicles when Zechariah, the son of Jehoada, came to King Joash and told him, what you are doing is wrong. All what he did, he, he killed him. As if when I kill him, I'm going to do what I'm going to, what I'm doing is going to be right. St. John the Baptist was killed because he was saying the truth again. 
still the reality is Herod was under the judgment. Kills the messenger, despise plans against him, still you are living in your own sinful life. Then they said, come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. We are going to close, to shut our ears. We are not going to listen to him. We are going to follow our own plans. We decided to form our own plans. In chapter 20, we'll find them that they decided to put him into a prison. Why? Because he is saying something not suitable for us. We don't want to hear these words. But the Lord is telling us, it's a message of hope. St. John Christophe is saying, it's a, a, a message of life. Take care and don't lose your chance. It might be my last or your last chance. Let us devise plans. If you are thinking now how to make plans for those who knew, those who are going to rebuke you for your sins, the Lord is saying it's time again to reconsider a repentance rather than devising such plans. In chapter 19 the story became totally different. Think us, he is the God of glory. He is a God of hope. He is a God of forgiveness, God of mercy. But don't take it for granted. Don't make it an excuse to continue in your sinful life. In chapter 19, he told him, Thus says the Lord, go and get a potter's earthen flask. And the word in Greek, back book, means it is an earthen flask which has been put already in the furnace and now it is not able to be reshaped anymore. Now it is solid enough to be either usable or not usable. And take some of the elders and the people and some of the elders of the priests, therefore behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tufet or the valley of son of Hanum, but the valley of slaughter. <coughs> Telling him that something is going to be changed. At the time, the Israelites used to use these two places. Tufet means to drum. Because they used to offer children as sacrifices. As the other nations were used to do it. And they were used to, to blow the drum there. Not to listen or not to hear the screaming of the kids who were used as sacrifice at that time. But they said, now it's time of revenge of what you have done. There is a time when the Lord is telling you and me it is enough. So either you choose it or he will choose it for you and me. Either to enjoy his mercy and love at all times or to be under the judgment of our Lord. Again his judgment is just. His judgment is love and mercy but you are going not to use it or to enjoy it. St. Paul is telling us and warning us again Again, warning, it means he loves me. He is not threatening me, he is loving me and loving you. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? It's God's riches of his goodness. Forbearance and long-suffering. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Do you know why he is not scandalizing your problem till today? He is waiting you to repent. 
Some of us repented and enjoying very much this life. Some of us still feeling that I am intelligent enough. No one will discover it. And he's telling us, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. But according with your hardness and your impatient heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath. It's a choice again. To enjoy riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, or to misuse it or abuse it. I'm sure that sometimes you are trying to say it is not true. It's not real. It's not for me. Definitely these words are not for me. It is for someone else. Maybe the one who is sitting beside me or in front of me or at the back. But the Lord is telling me and you, this is for you personally. What are you going to do? How are you going to use the riches of His goodness, forbearance and long-suffering? The same thing when we are using the love of our biological parents. When we abuse it or when we misuse it, it's the same thing. How much more when we misuse and abuse the riches of His goodness, forbearance and long-suffering. In the same chapter, he's telling them, it's done. And he's warning me, and you, there's a moment where he, he's going to say, it is done. Then you shall break the flask in the sight of men who go with you. He's telling them, it is not usable anymore. We can't use this flask anymore. It will be broken, and that's it. And he's giving us the chance. Origen was telling us, it is the chance till the last breath of our life. But is there any guarantee that today or tonight or tomorrow or even this moment is not the last moment of my life? That's why repentance is always now. It's not tomorrow, it's not after a few hours, it's repentance now and today. Then you shall break the flask in the sight of the men who, are, who will go with you and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Even though I will break this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel, which cannot be made whole again. This is very strong warning. Which cannot be made whole again. And sometimes you are in this position. It cannot be made whole again. That's why it's encouragement to repent. Encouragement to come back to him, remold, reshape me according to the best of what you can do as a creator. And they shall bury them in two fat Till there is no place to bury. It's the misuse of, long suffer, of God's long suffering. You can make yourself busy. You can make yourself not listening to the word. You can make yourself ignorant of the word. You can ignore it totally. But still, even so I will break the, this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel, which cannot be made whole again which can't be made whole again. And he's telling me, I don't want any one of you to go home with this word in his ears, but keen to be remolded, keen to be reshaped. Sometimes we ask, what does it mean to be remolded? I'm not making a big sin. I'm not killing. I'm not stealing a bank. So I'm not a sinner as it should, as you, you think. Just imagine one thing he used to say to you before. Imagine what Adam and Eve did, and because of it, we are all suffering now. It was one disobedience. 
which I'm sure that we may make it many times every day. Sin is evil. Sin as evil as awful as such. So don't take it easy. And that's why Christ came to unite us with Him to give us the power that we can't make it by our own. He's giving us the power to be able to enjoy the fullness of the restoration of the image, growing into the likeness of God. Again, how to apply this in my life? What does it mean to ask Him to remove me? First of all, if you are not choosing the way yet, unfortunately many still didn't choose the way yet. Still we are good church good churchgoers, but I am not giving all my heart, all my mind to Him yet. Maybe this is my beginning tonight or this year. Some people said, but I'm, I have this stage in my life and now I sometimes pray, sometimes read the Bible, and that's it. Maybe the remolding, I need to remold my own prayer life. How I can spend more time with Him to reshape me, to show me where is my weaknesses, to show me what is wrong in my life. Maybe I need to reshape and ask Him to remold my relationship with the Word of God. I am totally ignorant and feeling I am the only one who knows everything. I need to go deeper in the Word. Some other, some other occasions, the Word of God <coughs> is teaching us that remolding is not a, an act one-off. As I was sharing with few people a few days ago, sometimes we believe wrongly that if I can do the commandment once in my life, I have done it. When the Bible is telling us, don't steal, or if he's telling us, tithe. I was used to tithe when I was young. So what? We take the books, it's a commandment for life. Don't lie. When I was young, I was not lying. It's saying you don't lie now, today, and forever. So reshaping your mindset, remolding your mindset. Sometimes our mindset is totally far away from Him. In the next few minutes we are going to pray and I'm sure that the Holy Spirit will guide you and me to see where I need to be remolded. And if I didn't start yet or I'm still insisting on my hidden sin, which is very awful, is telling me, put it in front of the Lord. It's time, if you never confessed, maybe it's a time to, to choose to confess your sins. Because being hiding your sin, it means you are going deeper and deeper in the depths of your sinful life. But once you expose it in the light of Christ, in the witness of the church, it will be something totally different. So please, we'll take the next few minutes to pray, and we'll end up the prayer with uh, the, the, the ending of the Sotokhiyat. And with the Lord have mercy, and then we'll start the liturgy. May the good of Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.